back to old school with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to old school on a Thursday. And again, it's BOU week here in Lincoln. And it's, it's, it's catching. The tempo is upgrading. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks to Zach Weger. Uh, for stepping in, and then uh, Jay Foreman, we got another special guest. Yeah, we got. Let's bring on the big man. Yeah, we got Buck, man. He's. Uh, I usually don't like tight ends, especially with the number eighty-one. But but Buck is before my time, and in, in uh, smooth operator. And I met Buck uh, in Charlotte. He does a lot of great things. So always, it's always good to get his perspective on the big landscape of college football. So I want to welcome Charles. Charles, I call him Buck Arbuckle, in. So I'm gonna keep calling him Buck because I. I'm not gonna call him by his government name. I'm call him by what, what I like to call him. So. How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. How you doing? You know, it's funny. I got a lot of close linebacker friends, and we used to go head up every day. <laughs> but after a while, you kind of like, okay, I gotta show this guy some love. I, I love my tight end room. I love yeah. the running back room. But for some reason, linebackers and tight ends are always after we get all that fighting and cussing each other out we become pretty cool right yeah buck i, I wanted to have you on today because you know we text sometimes back and forth and obviously with nebraska and stuff i wanted to uh get a yeah. bigger bigger landscape uh view a top-down view of one nebraska's program and then we're, we're going to put a pin on the firing of scott frost of what the national or your view of uh what down yeah. what, what went down this week with scott frost well you know i, I think man you know, you and I have text back and forth, and it's hard for me because I, I'm so used to the Nebraska of old. And I think, you know, you guys are more intimate there. Y'all are there. So you see it even more than I would. But it's just amazing to me that it just – the recruiting, everything about Nebraska has fallen off. And it's, it's similar to some of these other programs like Miami trying to right. get back to respectability. You know, USC, who I don't particularly love, but – in order for the Pac-12 or Pac-10 or whatever they're called now, you need a USC to be strong. You know, it's just all those things kind of factor in when I look at Nebraska, some of the recruiting. You know, like, to me, just because you're not in the Big 12, why don't you recruit Texas like you used to? Why don't you get those guys out of Cali and the guys that, you know, the New Jersey pipeline that you had? There was some strong things, and maybe there's more to it than I can see. But with this Big Ten money now, you're going to have to really start playing a, a, a bigger role because there's going to be a lot of competition for some of these athletes. And maybe by having UCLA and USC in the in the Big Ten, that will give you some of that California connection again. And quite honestly, Jay, I mean, the development of players. I right. mean, that was the thing that I always admired. I mean, I knew I was going to play some, some top-notch guys. But also, you know, whether it was Brother Thomas or – or Neil Smith or the Friar Kid guys. But I also knew y'all were going to have some tough dudes that would walk on guys that would, you know, show up. Right. And I don't see that now. I don't see it. And that that, that part, it, it makes me sad because I want to see OU and Nebraska good. I want to see them play consistently. And, you know, it's just one of those things when you grow up with it you, and you had to play a team and battle a team, you want to see them have some bite, whether, whether you are, are, you know, uh, went to school there or not. Buck, uh, I just asked Jay about this in the previous segment, that with the 
type of talent that existed in those 80 90s Nebraska teams, the Florida teams, the the, the you know the Oklahoma teams. Yeah. Will those sort of rosters ever exist again? Yeah, it's, it's hard to see it coming up again because it's, it's so. I think there's a way you can get back to it. I mean, I think with this transfer portal, if you do it the right way, you have a chance to get your roster better. I think, you know, we look at a prime example. If you look at this situation with App State, App State is an older team because they've got like 28 transfers and they've got guys in there that can play and they've gotten older quicker. Six, fifth and sixth year guys still playing. COVID helped them. I think you're going to have to figure out how you're going to do that. You're going to have to get a coach that can develop. So all those names that you hear, I think, are great. But you've got to get a coach that has been able to do it consistently and not just one year. Um, and I think that's that's really important because the fan base, y'all's fan base is the fan base, man. They're going to keep coming out. But you got to give them something to come out for. And I think that's the part that just amazes me. So to answer your question long-windedly, yeah, it can happen, but there's got to be there's got to be a commitment to it like no other, and you've got to figure out who is going to be involved in that and those decisions, and make sure you have a strong general manager because that's that's the the college football model has become more of a, a GM NFL kind of light system, so to speak. A lot of analysts on your staff, and a lot of uh, a lot of folks that can help you build your roster. You know, Buck, you, you, you play with Troy Aikman and play with some great players yourself. Talk about um, the intricacies in a locker room and how important that is to have, you know, that edge in the locker room, but that accountability mm-hmm. in the locker room for, to each other and for each other and how that can lead to wins and losses on the field. Yeah, Jay, you know this from playing as long as you did. The best locker rooms are policed by the players, and nobody is above that. So if you have guys that are the guys that kind of everybody looks to and they keep things in line, I mean, you're going to have some, you're gonna have some hardcore dudes. You're going to have some dudes that you got to keep on the leash, so to speak. Like, hey, I can't let this cat get out until the game starts because if he does, he's going to act a fool. Yeah, we we all have those on our teams. Right. But there's a certain level of coaches too that know how to say, okay, I need you to watch this guy. I need you to make sure he does what he needs to do and he's ready to play. And I've heard that from every great team. But I think the other thing is that guys that love to play, they they love to compete against each other during the week. But then they want to battle in the game because the game has become easy from all the stuff they had to do that week leading up to practice. And, and talking to some of the coaches now, I don't know how much these young guys like to work. They like the NIL money. They like all the glitz and glamour. They like to be on social media. Yeah. But I don't know how much they love that work. And that's the thing. When I see dudes that are dogs now, you can see it. It, it shows up so much better. And I think that's the part that when you get a group of kids that they, they all might have NIL money, they may have this, but at the end of the day, they come on the field and they say, we're going to bust you in the mouth. Those are the teams you like to look at because those are the ones that can remind you of playing with a Troy Eggman, a playing against a Ken Norton who talked trash all day, James Washington. There were 35 guys at UCLA my four years that played in the league, some Hall of Fame level, some with a cup of coffee. In order for me to get on the field then, I had to make sure I'm blocking Cornell Lake consistently or 
Eric Turner, rest his soul. I mean, we had. I mean, we had the battle. Awesome. Yeah, you guys. And I think dudes. that's the one thing. You, yeah, I mean, you know, you you did yeah. the same thing in Nebraska. So when you see those kind of teams, I respect it because I know how hard it is to calibrate that every single week and to be ready for everybody's best shot. Buck, for all of the conversation uh, about NCAA football and divisions and conferences and all of the play, the quiet, quiet question mark for me the folks back east you know let's go to the queen city what is the acc gonna do what's it gonna look like yeah it's interesting i mean i think notre dame is the x factor right but there's a lot of stuff that's happening because of there's some some good ball that is played in this uh in this acc especially with clemson and florida state now looking better who are those teams and where are they going to go because uh, right now the two conferences are the Big Ten and the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of things that are happening. Notre Dame will be the next shoe to drop or has to be in some order. I don't think it's going to be the next shoe to drop. But all these other teams that are looking for a home long term are starting to really uh, put their divs in, so to speak. And it's going to be interesting to see who gets picked. Buck, with the early season struggles and even the last game for Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish, do you think that'll be an impact on their ability to make a choice, or will do you think it'll lose, they'll lose kind of like their brand or their kind of like the 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 zest to get them to come to either the Big Ten or, or SEC or something? Um, what, how do you think yeah. that'll affect them long term with the short term uh, not not being so successful? I mean, I always think it will, but that brand just never seems to go away, right? right. I mean, they, they can call their shots. I think they're in for a long year because this year is going to be a lot tougher when you lose your quarterback. You know, you don't have any explosive players on the outside. But for whatever reason, they still have a, a healthy amount of respect from people throughout the country, whether you love them or you hate them. So I don't know if that's going to take their cachet away because of the Notre Dame brand. I think if they go, you know, two and whatever this year, that could have some impact short term. But I don't know if it will long term just because they've been able to just withstand it for all these years, whether whether you like them or not. And I mean, you know, most of the time you want to beat them if you're playing them because, right. of, you know, they. <laughs> a lot of people think the fans are pompous and, and all those things. I think they still bring a lot to whatever conference wants them from a brand perspective. I mean, hell, I love UCLA, but, you know, we were we were kind of lucky in how we played. We haven't played work of crap in the last few years, and we're able to go in that because SC said, no, we're not going solo. We need to take another team. So to answer your question, I think Notre Dame is still, no matter how they play this year, they still have a brand that that, that the TV folks want. And I think that's what's become important. It's not so much what you look like on the field anymore. It's really about uh, what you bring in that algorithm that they have in those uh, TV executive boardrooms to tell them this is the team that we need. We don't always see it, but there's something that they're doing behind the scenes, and I think that's what is the allure of Notre Dame. Buck, being a Bruin and being a member of of 8 Clap City, how did you respond and react to the news that UCLA was moving to the Big Ten? How did it make you feel? Well, living out east, I was happy because now I might be able to see them a little bit more. <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was somewhat sad though because it, you know, if I thought with my heart, 
just some of those battles that you had against the Arizona schools and when you went up to Washington or Washington State, which you hated to get there because it was a long way, Oregon, Oregon State, you know, you missed some of those things. But at the end of the day, I guess the nostalgia and the rivalry things that have happened and the, the tradition kind of goes away. If you're going to let the TV dollars dictate it, with your head, you got to take that. That that program has been their athletic department has really struggled, and they're about 103, 104 million dollars in debt. And part of it is because of the way the school was set up, and it's been that way for a number of years. I think if they can get that do- those dollars after they take the fines that they're going to get from the UC system around the Cal piece, it gives them money to now be a player. Now, will they do it? Chip Kelly is going to have to recruit much better than he has. And that program is going to have – and Martin Jarman is a Big Ten guy from his days at Ohio State before, after going to Boston, before going to Boston College. So I think if Chip doesn't get things going, we'll see some differences. But at the end of the day, it's about the money. you got to follow the bag. And that's – unfortunately, that's what college football is doing and that's what, what the folks, the adults in the room are doing and is making everybody else kind of do that as well. Buck, real quick before we let you go, uh, what is your – Initial reaction or thoughts? Uh, how much of you know you, you UCLA Bruins like? Do you guys like uh, Chip Kelly, or uh, still wait and see? Because it was a pretty good year last year for him. Yeah, it was a good year. This year they're set up for some good success and really can be in a position of strength after these three really weak games. Losing that Michigan game hurt them from a uh, you know a, a non-conference schedule. What I like about Chip is that he he got some guys back in the fall on the defensive side, Ken Norton being one, they've got some really good guys defensively, which was, they were awful, Jay. When you watch them on defense, you would have, yeah. you thought Nebraska has been bad. They have been bad, <laughs> but they look better even from what I've seen so far right. against lesser competition. Now I think it's going to be really critical for them to have that next step with DTR and make some plays. So I think that'll help them. And, uh, you know, I think the, the verdict is still out but I think he's in a much better stead than he was a couple of years ago. Well, thanks, Buck, man. I know you was busy. You know, I'll be texting you this weekend, and then we're definitely going to link up uh, when I get to Charlotte, man. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. Thanks a lot. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Buck, he's like the OG. You know, we went into – we had this, like, uh, NFLPA kind of retired player, so they get you together, kind of go over benefits and stuff, and Buck was there. And then the first thing he said, man, he's like, you know, me and Broderick Thomas, we used to go at it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, you knew he's a tight end. He's from, I think he's from Beaumont, Texas. So, you know, he a hardhead, you know. So, uh, he's a good dude, man, and he has a good perspective on it. He has a he has a real good, mature view of the whole deal. And so, we kind of always text back and forth about our schools and what's going on in college football and what he's hearing and what he knows and stuff like that. So it's, and plus he's travels all around calling games. So he's getting a real good inside scoop on a lot of good, a lot of, a lot of good things. He is seeing it all. He is seeing it all. And we need to know because there's, <laughs> we're stuck in it. Uh, we'll go to break. We'll close out old school and set up. I'm going to have Barry Thompson join us at six o'clock to go one-on-one brought to you by the folks of ambition electric. We'll set it up though. We'll get Jay's take on tonight's NFL matchup when we come back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.